passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right. Good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone great. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Mr.com on WEEI.com. Off day podcast. The preseason is over and we are now on to the regular season. Except we have two weeks till the regular season starts, but forget about that. We got, we got stuff to talk about. Mac Jones, Cam Newton. Uh, just the, the drama continues, I guess. This is the weirdest um, situation, narrative, manipulation, competition. I still can't really wrap my head around everything that's going on. It seems weird. Something smells funny um, because on the one hand, you have Cam Newton being treated as the starter from draft day through the game against the Giants. Mm -hmm. And the only time he wasn't is when he wasn't available because of the COVID issue. Other than that, He's gotten the first reps, which were less reps than Mac. Mac blew him away in terms of reps throughout mm-hmm. practices, preseason games. You had Bill anointing Cam the starter on draft night, anointing him the starter early in camp. And then when he's asked if he's made a decision, no decision's been made, a lot of decisions left to make. I just, the whole thing feels... Again, I, I do believe it's a long con. I do believe it's a manipulation by Bill. I'm just not sure the end game, right up until the point we just got off a Zoom call with Bill, and Tom Curran asked him about the advantages of not naming a quarterback. Do you have to name a quarterback? Brian Flores, preparing for two quarterbacks, the Dolphins, all that. And in his answer about it, Bill brought up unsolicited kind of, well, there's also some value in your team knowing who their quarterback is or something like that. And I was like, wait a minute, you're, you're, you keep muddying the situation in the waters. Just when we, you know, the old um, Rowdy Roddy Piper quote, just yeah. when you think, you know, the answers, I change the questions. Like, I think that's what Bill's doing. He keeps changing the questions or the answers or something. It's all intentional. We just don't, yeah. know, what, we, we just don't know what the intention is. There is no, it, there's two dots. Bill made a dot on draft weekend and he made a dot at the Dolphins and he knew where he was getting. It's like, sometimes you hear, 
I think Harlan Coben is one of these authors that he knows the exact ending to his book. Like it's this crazy mm. narrative with all these bumps and backs and forths and roller coaster. And he knows the end. He just doesn't know how he's going to get there. Like the, the work is the details of the book and, and figuring that out. I feel like that's what Bill did. And I still do not eliminate a dramatic, you know, I'm going to go with another uh, wrestling and that like Jim Ross, by God, that's Matt Jones's music. Like he's the starter or a surprise trade. Doesn't it just feel like at this point, the most obvious answer is Cam Newton. Mm -hmm. But in some way for me, I'm still going to be surprised if it's just Cam Newton. Like there feels like there's something going on. Yes and no. Like I'm just like I point to Belichick was asked about Nick Folk, and he kind of gave like the same generic answer that he's given about Mac and Cam. Where to me, like the Nick Folk starting is obvious. Right. Yeah, he's, he's still left the door open by saying the same thing. Like it's a competition. We'll see how it goes. We have a decision to make. Like maybe it's just Bill being Bill and doesn't want to like give anything to the media and just like kind of likes to drag things out in a way. Yes, I think there's truth to that. I think there's also between our station on the Greg Hill Show this morning and us on the Zoom, he also had a few things where he kept emphasizing the totality, practice reps, game reps married together, and then veteran players who have more experience getting less reps, needing less reps, other players getting more reps. Like, he keeps talking in generalities like, you know, Joan Williams is out there a lot or Henry Anderson's out there a lot, but what does that mean, you know? Mm -hmm kind of pushing us away from just looking at the quarterback situation. I just, something doesn't feel quite right. I, I'm a big believer in my gut. I follow my gut. Mm-hmm. Something doesn't feel quite right. That's all I know. But like, so looking at the situation, let's just say hypothetically, Max is starters. Like it's a surprise, Max is starter. Mm-hmm. Didn't Bill Belichick do Mac Jones a disservice this preseason by not giving him reps with the ones reps with the first team he played only he in the preseason he only got one series with the first offense like and in practice most of his reps for the most part are with the second team like right. isn't he doing himself like if Mac Jones is the starter didn't Bill Belichick not do as good enough job as he should have preparing him for the starting job I would actually argue if anyone had a disservice done to them it's Cam Newton because I think Cam That's Newton true. And Bill's a liar, flat out liar, because if if you open camp and say clean slate competition starts now, we did a bunch of stuff in the spring, but it really it's not what you did last year. Every year, everybody has to reestablish themselves. I don't believe Cam got an, uh, uh, an opportunity to reestablish himself. You know, the way no, he, definitely not, you know, a couple drives here, a couple drives there, short drive, blah, you know, Isaiah Wynn gets killed on a on a strip sack that wasn't kind of thing that cuts a drive short. I don't think Cam, and you know me, I don't want Cam to start, but I believe people deserve the opportunity to compete and prove themselves, and especially when you say this is an open competition, this is the, this, the good competition, it'll be a hard decision. I think Cam gets absolutely porked if he's not the starting quarterback because he did not get the chance to prove himself equally to Mac Jones in terms of reps, even though he did get first-team offensive line, for the most part, first-team receivers, all that. Um, and that's why I would say the facts tell us this was treated like most teams treat it. We have an established starter who doesn't need a ton of reps. We're, we're trying to get him ready, but not get him injured, 
not a lot of wear and tear. That's how Cam was treated. And Mac was treated like the backup who needs reps, who has a lot more to prove. And yet, I don't know why I feel like it feels strange. Uh, it, it just does. What's your gut tell you will happen? I, I, I don't know. Again, my gut tells me something is going to seem weird. Somehow, okay, when does this something weird take place? Is it tomorrow, today, next week? Soon. No, soon. I think we're going to know soon. Um, I, I just, I guess there's the, you know, we get back to the value of keeping Brian Flores and the Dolphins on their toes and whatever. I guess there's value in that. I think that's stupid. Like, you're telling me, like, you can't go out there and say who your quarterback is and win. Like, you need to do that to get an advantage over Brian Flores and the Dolphins. Like, and I also just think you're more – I personally believe – this is me, not a not a factual – this is just my opinion. You're more limited with Cam at quarterback. So if I'm the Dolphins, I want Cam at quarterback. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know he's going to run a little bit. I understand that. I also think he's going to throw me the ball. I think he's limited with his throws at times. Um, he threw he threw an, a little uh, sideline throw backed up against the goal line last night that to me was a sniff away from being a pick six. And the, mm-hmm. those are the opportunities you're going to get if you're the other team. Um, so I, I, I don't, I, I I'm just all discombobulated. I, I really, and this is a weird place for me. I know I'm usually pretty opinionated <laughs> and I want, I think Mac should start, even though I, as we start to evolve this into the game a little bit, I didn't think Mac played overly well against the Giants. I thought he held the ball more than he had. And he said it post game. He held the ball more than he has all um, summer. For the most part, he got sacked, I think four times, four of his five sacks came against the Giants. And I thought they were on him. Now he made good throws. He was, he was accurate again. I thought he made some timely throws, stepped up a little bit on some, and he was once again uh, hindered by another guy. We'll get to Gunnar Olszewski, who I think is, uh, really evolved into an interesting topic or, or roster value guy. Um, but the the quarterback situation, it's so funny. I watched Sports Center last night, the late night Sports Center, and I don't know the anchor's name, but he's basically like, doesn't it feel like Cam's a starter? He asked Lewis Riddick. Like, it feels like Cam's a starter, but for some reason we don't feel certain about anything. And Lewis Riddick said, I think his answer said, I, I don't really, this is the toughest one to read. I know the end game, but I don't know the beginning. Kind of like what we were talking about. Everybody knows Mac Jones is the quarterback at some point, but no one knows what the hell is going on right now. And maybe, maybe that's our answer. Maybe Bill is just happy with that uncertainty because he knows for the the early stages, his quarterback situation isn't ideal, that it is the, the John Madden. You don't really have a high end starter ready to go. So the confusion is of value to him maybe and and maybe that was the point all along but it's it's it just feels weird and maybe it's us too because again this has never been a consideration since 1992 Mm -hmm. there's always been a known commodity even last year we knew cam was going to start right yeah so you're going back three decades where anybody i mean nobody in this media core was even around right but maybe a little bit of is on us that there was so much stability and known at the position. Now you have, I mean, is it safe to say they have the least stability or, or um, known situation at quarterback in the NFL? Like of yeah. the 32 teams, I would say this is the biggest question mark right now. No, yeah, no, no question. 
I, I kind of think we are making a big deal of it just because we haven't had it to discuss and like it's the most sexy storyline but like everything to this point has screamed cam newton's the starter right yes so and people are trying to maybe people are just trying to make this more of a story than it is and um i know even to the point i saw cam had a thing on his um yeah. instagram qb1 or whatever yesterday it was number one which i you could take it as he is number one like you can take it any way. But you that's want. how Cam does it. Like he he plays the game too. Correct. Um, so I just the whole thing is just strange to me. But okay, so let's just get a, a bottom line. Who do you think is starting against the Dolphins, and is that person playing the whole game against the Dolphins? Yes, I think I think Cam Newton is your starter. I think he's on a short leash though. Like it's not going to be like last year where Bill stands by him with everything. Like. If Cam has two bad games, you pull the plug and you go to you go to Mac Jones. And I'll tell you, the leash will be much shorter for the 66,000 and change that will be in the stands at Gillette Stadium. I think Cam is like one drive, two throws away from booze and we want Max and chance and and that's going to crush him, I think, emotionally. Dude, you also think maybe Bill looks this is this is how you get the best out of Cam? Yeah, but what's the best of Cam? Like knowing he's got pressure on him, like knowing like like his starting jobs on the line and like he thrives off of that. I don't know. Maybe Bill knows Bill always does things purposely. He always picked at Brady because knew that got the best out of him. Maybe this will get the best out of Cam. I don't know. I'm just trying to see how he's playing this. Yeah. I don't know. Cause we talk about Patriots not in dealing with this cams never, it's been a long time since cams dealt with this. He obviously was the Tebow situation at Florida for a short time. Right. Um, I know I, I probably should do more research. Some people told me this is sort of his MO going back to college of trying to like manipulate situations. And he's a little weird the way he deals with things too. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess maybe that's our answer right there. You have a superstar quarterback who's not used to being in a competition, a head coach that's not used to having a competition, a fan base and a media base that isn't used to having uncertainty at the position and maybe just all those insecurities and, and being unsure come together as a cocktail for whatever the hell this is that we just went through for the last I still like just from our purposes but I think also fans like think of how much time people have spent whether it's us writing or talking about it or fans bars like text to each other group chats I'm sure like social media it's everywhere like, you go it's like I'm sure you get the same thing so so who's gonna start who's gonna start exactly oh. and our answers change like every week I feel like like at the yeah. beginning of training camp, I was saying it, it's probably going to be Mac Jones. Like he looks good, he's progressing. But then as time's gone, it's like, well, nothing's really changed, so it's probably going to be Cam. Yeah, it should be Mac. I can tell you that. That's what I feel. It should be Mac Jones. Um, let's get into real quick before we move on to the game and all, all the other topics. So this this idea that has become quite popular quite quickly, in my opinion, that I saw Michael Hurley did it on TV. My ra uh, Sunday radio partner Gary Tangway stole it or however you want to phrase it take snaked it um the reason cam newton is here and will start is because they don't believe that mac jones is physically capable of playing 17 games and is not ready to play nfl football yeah, didn't we bring this up on the last podcast like with mike lombardi's things after the draft like i think it's possible yeah but so then are you not playing him because i find it stupid to say you can draw a line in the sand. Oh, he played one year of college, so he'll be able to play 14 games or 12 games or 13. Or, yeah, he'll be in the weight room with Moses Cabrera for a month, 
and then he'll be physically able to play NFL football? No, that's ridiculous. Well, and- I also think part of that discussion, too, is saying that, like we've talked about, both quarterbacks aren't like great. You're not going to get great play at the position. So you probably we're going to have to bench one of the two anyway. And if that's the case, you might as well start with Cam and then bench him for the rookie. Yeah, but I'm going to ask a very simple question. I think I've asked it on this podcast. I know I've asked it on the radio. Who's the better quarterback? Mac Jones. Okay. Do you want to win week one? Like, shouldn't you put – it's like, who's the better outside linebacker? Josh Uche. My guess is he'll play. Who's the better cornerback? Uh, J.C. Jackson and Jonathan Jones. My guess is they'll play. Why are we jerking things around at the most important position on the field? Doesn't the best pl- player deserve to play? Yes, but there's just something that hinges on somebody being a rookie and needing everything to be perfect around them, and that's just the nature of the position. Like that's I don't know. I thought – I, I don't know. I thought Bill did what was in the best interest of the football team and tried to win football games. I actually thought he said it last night. It's important yeah. to win regular season games. Yeah, and in the conference call, the video conference will always do what's best for the team, best interest of the team. See, but that one's vaguer because he can say the best interest of the team is to slowly develop Mac. So he's ready. I thought it was important to win regular season games. I believe Mac Jones gives you a better chance to beat the Dolphins. Under my view, that's a regular season game. I also believe you're going to be a borderline playoff team. And if you give away a game in week one because you didn't put your best quarterback on the field, it could bite you in your big old ass come December and January when you don't make the playoffs by a game. Did Just quickly, did this last like Thursday's practice and Sunday's game kind of give you pause a little bit with Mac, with him taking a step back? No. Okay. No, because I think he's going to struggle. I also think he's going to struggle if he has to throw to Gunnar Olszewski with any regularity because Gunnar Olszewski has this, this weird problem. He can't catch. And then last night he apparently wasn't doing what the quarterback expected him to do because Mac Jones was pissed at Gunnar at the end of the second quarter. He was pissed. So you put me out on the field with people that don't know what they're doing. That's not on me. That's not that. Oh, and then he was also pressured weird. He was pressured. Why was he pressured? He's got uh, some bad players blocking for him. Oh, maybe he'll be better if it's – well, Isaiah Wynn has had his issues. But Isaiah Wynn, Trent Brown, those guys are in front of him. Maybe he'll have a little bit more time. No. I No, I firmly believe Mac Jones is ready to compete at an NFL level like a rookie. Like a rookie. And, like, go back. I was looking at Justin Herbert. Um, he finished, like, his last four games with ten touchdowns, one interception. They won games, like – I think that's what Mac will be early in the year. Will he make mistakes? Will he throw picks? Will you be like, ah, you shouldn't have done that. He'll say it. I'm sure he'll say it. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the other thing. Do you think he's gotten, um, I think his emotions have given off that cams the starter over the last five days or whatever it would be going back to that Thursday. Couldn't get into the flow with cam on the field. I think his emotions have indicated that cam is the starter beyond everything else. And I think he's, He's a little um, beyond disappointed. Disappointed one thing, oh, I wanted to start, but Cam starts because Cam's better. I think he's probably more, I wanted to start. Why is Cam starting? I'm better kind of emotion right now. No, that's kind of how I've taken it. started Thursday, and then I thought last night too. Like, that's yep, just yep. how he sort of gives – like, again, I don't want to read body language, but that's kind of what we have to do at this point, and that's yep. what, what, what I've seen. All right, let's get into other, other stuff. What do, what do you want to start with from the game or looking forward to the roster? So from the game, I had a few players that I wrote ups and down arrows on yep. that I want to just touch on a little bit. Um, 
I'm borderline needing a, um, what do they call that when they tell you to stay away from a person? You're stalking a person. The Training uh, order? Yeah, restraining order, Josh Uche. I think Josh Uche is going to be phenomenal. They misused him last year, putting him at linebacker or off the ball linebacker. That was because they had nobody. They, they needed, it was like right. the Adrian Phillips. They had to put him just to basically feel the defense on a given week. Um, I'm actually with Matthew Judon, who last night said, I got to be careful how much I teach Josh Uche or I'll be out of a job. Josh Uche continues to wow. I think it was like the first pass of the game. He got there for the sack. He is the, and I really liked the way he practiced dropping F-bombs, screaming. That was a sack. Like, mm-hmm. he has an energy and athleticism. Winovich is a nice little player. Josh Uche looks like he can be a star on the edge of this defense, in my opinion, and I thought he showed it last night. I agreed with that, and that's it's kind of lumping the two together. Judon and Uche are going to make this defense, like, a heck of a lot better. Like, they're oh going to – just like – I we said I said it, I think, a couple podcasts ago – like this could be the best Patriots linebacking group Belichick's ever had, and you kind of push back with the early two thousands. I think it could be. Could be. we'll see. It's, um, in the, it's certainly in the conversation. It's not in the conversation yet. It could get into a conversation in like November or December. Um, but there's definitely potential, and we've talked about it. We t- we started talking about it in shorts back like the first whatever OTA when they were all out there, and it was like mm-hmm. Jesus, they got a lot of versatile athletes yeah. in that that, you know, seven yard area of the line of scrimmage. If you include Adrian Phillips and Duggar sort of in that mix that bill can do a lot with. So Uche, um, one of my big up arrows. I also thought Devin Asiasi continued a nice summer, uh, caught the ball, showed his athleticism. You know, we're all fixated on John o. Smith and Hunter Henry for good reason, but this, I, I may be getting a little ahead of myself as I like to do. I'm not totally um, against the idea that your two most athletic upside tight ends might be Jonu Smith and Devin Asiasi, or that Devin Asiasi could slither his way into when you have your best five pass catchers on the field or most dangerous pass catchers on the field, regardless of position, that maybe Devin Asiasi could sneak his way into that group. Yeah, I, this was a good end of the summer, I would say, for Devin mm-hmm. Asiasi because it like. He had the last year was sort of a lost year, but then in the last game he had a touchdown that kind of gave you something to, you know, take into the off season. This summer he wasn't on the field at the beginning because of COVID, kind of slowly to ramp up, and then he ended it strong. So I think you're right. He had a good game, and I think it gives you not saying he's going to be a star, but like if something were to happen with Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith, you'd feel okay putting him out there with significant snaps. Yeah. Now maybe. You know, we, we've talked about the tight ends. They're supposed to be a huge part of the offense. Maybe I see two weeks of offense with Hunter Henry actually on the field, staying healthy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, for, forget Devin Asiasi, poor kid. These two are going to combine for 10 catches every week in, mm-hmm. in Smith and, and Henry. But I thought he looked really good. Um, the the I still don't know what to make of the bottom of the wide receiver depth chart and sort of my next bunch of guys that are that I that I noted um, are in that group, like. Christian Wilkerson, I thought, had a good game. Yep. Um, whether that means anything, whether that makes you forget drops and other practice field slash preseason game performances, Zuber showed up a little bit. Um, both of those guys, in my opinion, should be what they were last year. Practice squad call-ups in December when people get hurt and you need mm-hmm. bodies. The problem is I think 
one of them is probably vying for a roster spot or a role right now. Um, I gave them little up arrows, not like excited up arrows, just like, meh, I guess they did what they were supposed to do kind of while they were out there. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, and then the opposite end of the spectrum, Gunner's not a wide receiver. He's just, he's not a wide receiver. And then that gets into something you noted and we'll get more into it, but your, your roster projection. Do it right now. Okay. You cut him. (laughs) Yeah, I cut him. And Paul Perillo in the Bob's Discount Furniture Studios alluded to that last night where he said, you know, he was talking about J.J. Taylor and getting punt return reps, kickoff return reps. He does everything in the backfield, versatility. If you get to the bottom of the roster and if Gunner is not a wide receiver, do you really need to keep Gunner around? And we've talked about this. He was the all-pro punt returner, but he was not the most dangerous punt returner in football. Like it was... And it could have been even more dramatic. His numbers were great. He had that one called back that would have made his numbers look even better. Right. On the Was that an Uche block might have been? It was an Uche block. It was at home against, I forget which team. It was semi-late in the year, right? Yeah. Um, I just, if Gunner is only going to return punts, and my bet is, my guess is his best punt returns have already happened potentially in his career, his best season. Is he really a value to keep around? So, I actually don't think it'll happen, but I don't think you cutting him from your roster is as eye-openingly as, as ridiculous as it would seem that, oh my God, he, he cut a guy, an all-pro, the guy was an all-pro yeah. a year ago, and now you're cutting. It's not that... Um, not Far-fetched. Dr- yeah, like, I, do I think it's going to happen? No, but like, as always the case with Bill Belichick, he always throws a big surprise at you in these rosters. And like you talked about, if a guy's only role as a punt returner like that's not good for bill belichick's like that's not enough for to keep a guy on your roster on bill belichick's team like yeah he has those core special teamers but they play all four units and contribute on all four of those units whereas gunner is really just the a punt returner and like you said his best returns are probably behind him i'm sure belichick the way he acts thinks you can throw anybody back there that can catch the ball and still you know have some good returns with blocking in front of him so just the way that they have so much competition at other spots, I just think it's not worth Gunner taking up, you know, is it worth him making the team over say, I don't know, just someone else on the bubble, like a Harvey Lange or a, a Jawan Williams, like is their value more important to the team than keeping Gunner? Well, I don't know if it's a one for one, but I would say this. If I cut JJ Taylor or I cut Gunnar Olszewski, which one do I think there's a better chance I regret in six weeks or six months or a year? I think it's JJ Taylor. No question. He has shown the ability to do it all. He is just flat out in that mold of, I know in the broadcast, they were talking about um, Dion Lewis, but in that mold of whoever you want to call it, if, if you want to go below Lewis and go Danny Woodhead, he has playmaker in him. He finds a way to, make somebody miss, get forward, get productive yards in every role, whether it's catching it, running it, returning it, both returns. He's he's an intriguing guy. And we've talked to him a little bit about the way we talked about Asiasi, the idea that he was kind of a slot receiver at times in college. Could he be a slot receiver option or one of your best five pass catchers at an NFL level? And they keep throwing more at him. They keep seemingly trying to challenge him with more opportunities probably to see, Oh, can he keep this up? Or is it just a nice little story? And 
you know, is he durable? Ooh, he's, he's pretty small. Is he going to get dinged up? Cause he is also pretty physical. He, he's not afraid to lower his shoulder on people. And nope. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for him long-term in the NFL. You know, the old Barry Sanders, people would say like, he never really took big hits and it was always, I think JJ Taylor probably wants to do a little bit more of that than lowering the shoulder with any regularity. Um, but the gunner thing, Quick, gunner. quick on Gunner. If he wasn't an all pro pro last year, don't you think this decision would have been obvious? That's probably accurate. Like if you if he weren't an all pro, had a touchdown. Like if, he just, like if he just had a solid year as a punt returner and wasn't didn't get those accolades. Enough, it would yeah. be saying it's not enough to keep him around. Yeah. 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 And he has not. There was one week there in practice where I thought he had a good week at receiver. And there was a couple times Mac stepped up a little bit like the throw he made against Philly in the game to Gunner, where he like hit him down the seam, Gunner caught it. But I, I, I just don't see, I know a lot of people, Oh, the next Julian Edelman, or he's the next white slot receiver in new England. I just, I don't see it with Gunner. And I, I mean, we got to remember too, he's in year three now. So you're starting to get like into his career mm-hmm. and we know he plays with a crazy reckless abandon. So I don't know how long that career will be. Um, Gunner's interesting. I think he'll be on the roster, but he's very much on the bubble like he was a year ago when he was on the roster, not on the roster, the right. whole thing. Right. So, yeah, he's he's definitely an interesting guy these next whatever 24 to 48 hours. Uh, okay, do you have any um do you have any other really interesting offensive player possibilities? Not really. I mean, like the Sony Michelle trade kind of cleared up the running back spot. Um so that's pretty – I had Bolden on it, I guess, just because he's Brandon Bolden and Bill loves him. But he's another guy that could be cut and just sticks around the area, doesn't sign with another team, and then Bill brings him back after they put guys in IR or whatever. Like, he's a guy that could be added in the coming days if he's not on the roster. Brian Hoyer, I don't have him on it because kind of like we talked about, like, is it worth keeping three quarterbacks just for the sake of keeping three quarterbacks when Brian Hoyer can just probably stick around and not go anywhere? Like, he – could just be added to the team later on. Like, I don't think Brian Hoare is going to go sign with, you know, the Colts. Yeah, I don't either. That I mean, that would be the only risk. And I don't know how um, he, I mean, he's talked about, he built a house and they want to live here and all that, but let's just say, let's just say Jacksonville urban. They have a boatload of money. I think still, yeah. Let's just say urban Meyer said, you know what? I really want Trevor Lawrence to have a veteran backup. Cause I'll be honest. I don't know who their backup is right now for the hell, for all the hell I know they have one, but let's just like use them as an example. Would that be a team that would offer Brian Hoyer, you know, $8 million to just come be the veteran backup to Trevor Lawrence and to teach. Him? I, I know your point, but would Brian Hoyer want to do that at this point in his career? Like, I he, don't know, but Beathard is, is Trevor Lawrence's backup. Okay. So CJ Beathard is a, kind of a veteran but not really of it whatever um i don't know that he wants to but is he going to turn down eight million dollars right. i would say money is the only reason that could get him to actually leave the area and go to another team so like, that's, it's a risk you're taking yes it's a i think it's a small risk and i think there's very few teams that would consider it i just don't it's not a likelihood um or i don't know what shanahan thinks of him let's just say they get rid of jimmy and they trade jimmy mm-hmm. they cut jimmy and they go with Trey Lance, and but they want a veteran backup. Would they? Would he say, Hoyer, come back here for a year for $6 million? We're cutting Jimmy, so we're saving ourselves $20 million if we sign you for six. Right. I don't think it's a huge risk, but it is just a risk you put out there. Um, but I do. I agree with you. I think he's a guy that 
you can manipulate with the rest of your two day roster manipulations with the IR situation. And yeah, and I mean, we agree there's going to be IRs, right? You have to put Harry on IR, right? You don't have to, but you don't have to. You're just going to cut a first round pick? No, you put him on your roster. If it's a four week injury, he could be back for week one or week two. Yeah, but why would you do that? Why wouldn't you IR him then? But either way, he has to be on the roster. Yes, on Tuesday's roster. Yes. He's going to be on your 53. Yeah. Um, and then Matt Lacoste is a possible 53, not 53 cut IR. But then you so, go into, but then that means you go into the season with just three tight ends and Smith, Henry, and Asiasi. Right. And I, I mean, three tight ends, plus if you have Jakob as an extra guy, could be. Um, I don't think that's a problem necessarily. I think most teams only have three tight ends. I just I'm I'm worried about John Smith and Hunter Henry. Well, you can't worry about everybody. If you're gonna worry about what about the tackles? You gotta worry about them too. You got no tackles that are there, they don't they're uh well, always- no, that's a spot that I think could be looked to add from other teams that are released. Could be. Yeah, I wouldn't rule that out by any means. Tackle and wide receiver. I think they could if a veteran wide receiver becomes available, I would not be surprised at all if they scoop them up. And then as we're talking about these roster manipulations, everybody, like I brought up the idea that Stefan Gilmore, is he going to land on PUP and be gone for the first half of the season, six weeks? Yeah. You want to get into that? That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. um, But I was just going to say like, you could also put him on IR for a short-term IR stint. So he would be another guy that would have to be on the roster before, because you'd have a shorter window. If you put him on IR, you could get him back sooner. If it's, if it's an injury, I would do that. If well, it's money, not, like, do we think it's an injury still? Bill keeps saying no. it's an injury. No, I know that's the ultimate. Like, but then don't you get into the things of like, you can't be on IR if you're not hurt. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think there's enough of an injury. You, you, you know, the uh, the old saying where you can fail anybody you want in the NFL, like on yeah. physical. Everybody has something wrong with them, either old, new, whatever. Um, I'm just saying, like, that's we've we've talked about a lot about pup, and he. If you're only going to pay me for half a year, I'm only going to play a half a year. Put me on PUP. I'm on PUP, blah, blah, blah. Maybe the maybe there's a way they can bump his salary a little bit and put him on IR. So it's the best of both worlds. He gets more time to prepare. He gets a little bit more money based on the number of games he plays kind of coming off IR. I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility. That's an interesting scenario because I think the IR, it's three weeks, right? Yes. So let's just say he goes on IR Thursday. He could technically come back for week four. Yeah. He could debut against Tom Brady with his new contract. He got six million. They didn't want to go to 10. So he skips three weeks. He gets six extra million on top of his seven. He gets 13 million for 14 games. I just, yes, that's a scenario, but I just think it's too complicated. Just give him money, make him on the field for week one. Like, yeah, but you you don't know how much money he's asking for. It, it doesn't matter. Look, just look how like we you talked about though. Just look, think of him as a guy in the open market that wants a contract for eight to ten million dollars. Your defense needs a, a another guy that's proven. Their your cornerback depth stinks behind J.C. Jackson. Your defense is your front seven is very very good. Like if you don't have Gilmore on the field, no longer are you looking at a top potential top five defense. Like you need him, so you should make him happy. You do need him, and the perfect way to segue into the cornerbacks behind him because we saw Michael Jackson with early reps. We saw <laughs> we saw D'Angelo Ross with an interception. Some, 
and we saw Joan Williams play. Did he play them like the most reps of anybody on the team in the preseason? Yeah. I didn't look, but I would imagine he was. Yes, he, he was like, five. He was like wire to wire every game. He was out there forever, which as a second round pick a couple of years ago is not necessarily ideal, but their cornerback situation is pretty, pretty gross. It's, it's pretty mild. It stinks. Yeah, it's it's JC. I mean, I guess Jonathan Jones, when the when they're healthy, those two, but Jonathan Jones is a slot corner. He's a slot guy. He's not a guy that you're you're scheming up against an opposition by saying we're gonna put Jonathan Jones in your, your number two receiver. That's not how they work. Right. So yeah, I don't Jalen yeah, still out of position. I don't know what they're gonna do with him come the season. Like even if Gilmore what like say so, so Gilmore comes back, does Jalen Mills just slide into the number three role? Like that's probably not even best for him there. No, I think he then becomes um, like he and Duggar could rotate a little. We've talked about Duggar's coverage um, issues, that that's not necessarily a strength. I think situationally you could get Jalen Mills on the field. I think you could get him maybe to sub in for McCourty if they're trying to monitor McCourty's reps a little bit as he ages. Um, But, yeah, I think he becomes more of a, a chess piece than a, than a every down player or a regular role player. But right now you got to fill that damn slot. You, you, you have to have a guy out there. You have to have a corner on the field. So it could end up being him or Joe. Like, do you think Joe Williams makes the team? Yeah. Just cause they need bodies there. I agree. And I think that's a position. I mean, we saw it with Sean Wade. They already added Sean Wade. Who knows where that goes because we've seen that go in, different ways over the years where they add that type of guy late in camp or right before the season. Some guys are good and some guys, it just doesn't work. Like remember Russ, uh, was it Russ, the center from Buffalo where we're like, Oh, they got a starting center. Yeah. I forget Russell something. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Russell's and he was gone like a week later or two weeks later and they traded for where it could be a scenario too, where let's just say Wade works out and they realize he's better than Juwan Williams. Like Juwan Williams could no, he could make the roster, but then get cut, you know, in week one or two. Right. And Wade is a guy Bill sort of talked up about, you know, looks like he picks things up relatively quickly, blah, blah, blah. He's got decent size, not a tiny corner. Um, but there's that whole thing. Is he a slot corner? What does he play? He was playing on the outside last night. I think he maybe even had some reps in the middle of the field for a short stint there. Um, so what happens with Gilmore? What's your gut say there? My gut still says he he goes on a list. IR or PUP. I, I do you think it's contentious? Um no, because I think contentiousness sometimes is bred from um talking, saying, indi- and I think both sides are naturally yeah. quiet. Well, like Gilmore had his stuff before training camp, but he hasn't he hasn't leaked anything since right training camp right whenever bill's asked about it it's always yeah he's working hard like he's around like day by day right but that doesn't mean both sides aren't annoyed with the other side and their ask or theirs not to imagine bill's annoyed uh yeah and i'm sure gilmore is annoyed true right no gilmore looks what's out there and says you're you're really not paying me you're you're really going with this right and like does he look at the sean wade trade and say oh you're still trying to find a solution the solution is pay me as Ryan Hannibal said, pay me. That's the solution. And you're trying, you're still trying to jerk me around and find other ways to cover your ass, ways to avoid paying me. Like that, he could get ticked off at something like that, right? Yeah. And 
Bill could say, like, I know you're healthy, Steph. Like, come on, let's get on the field. Okay, Bill, you're right. Maybe I am healthy. Maybe I could get on the field. Pay me. That's one side's going to have to blink, and I, I still think it's the Patriots. Yeah, they Theoretically, I think if you're an unbiased observer, the side that should blink or the side that has the least leverage or however you want to paint it is the Patriots. Do you think, I mean, like, another player, like a Devin McCourty, looks at the situation like, come on, Steph, like, we, we kind of need you? No. No, I think he looks at, I think he fully supports his teammate. I don't, I know. I definitely don't think he'll lose any support from players because I think players know how good he is, know how important he is. And certainly a guy like McCourty has to say, I've made a lot of good money from this team. Like they've been pretty, like he deserves his good money. Right. No, yeah. I, I agree. I just wanted to throw that out there just because it's a, it's a layer of the conversation. And Bill did note on one of his media availabilities in the last 24 hours. Um, I thought it was interesting that he brought up salary cap. He brought up salary cap in terms of roster moves and, you know, competitions. And sometimes there's cap ramifications and you got to work through all of those things. Um, I don't know if that was just his general, you know, there's a lot of factors that, or if it was like, did Gilmore pop into his head? Did something pop into his head regarding the salary cap or, you know, some guy that is Henry Anderson. They don't want to eat the dead money, even though Bill was very praiseful of him about a week ago when he said he'll help us this year. And we all kind of removed Henry Anderson from the potential cut list when he says, you know, the guy will be here all year, basically. Um, I just thought it was interesting that Bill brought up salary cap as he makes his final decisions. Uh, uh, moving on to bring Henry Anderson up. He was a guy that played late in the game along with yep. Chase Winovich and Juwan Williams. Do you, we didn't say anything with Winovich and Anderson being on the field late into the fourth quarter. Uh, not really. I wouldn't, I would include, I mean, if we're going to include guys that we think might be on the roster or whatever, Harvey Longy was on the field a lot. Um, and he's a tough one for me. He is a tough one. Cause I see the energy he brings. He's more, I feel like he's more athletic than the first time around when he was here the first time um, more explosive, I think Bill still likes him. Don't you think he could be a guy that slides onto the practice squad? Probably. Probably. Um, or could be manipulated through other roster moves and, and other stuff going on. Because I don't think you need him. But I would also say you don't have obvious – like, who's the backup to Bentley and Hightower? It's probably not Ronnie Perkins, right? No. I think it's Longy. So yeah. – you could use him and yeah, I, I don't know. I just think maybe it's Uche, maybe Uche in an emergency would bump inside. I don't know. Anthony Jennings. He's another weird one. Like does he yeah, make can we talk about him? Yeah. Does he exist? Cause I can't tell you one thought in my mind about Anthony Jennings. Really? I'm kind of with you. He hasn't, as I wrote my thing, he hasn't done anything to deserve a roster. Like I don't see him. I feel like he's, He's out there, but he's not out there. I almost want to say like, oh yeah, I check him off when I do my roster attendance because I saw him in stretching and then I never see him again. I never note him again. He's never, he might be the least relevant in my mind of any, for good or bad. Like he didn't stand out great, didn't stand out bad. He's like, he's, he's not there. And he was supposed to be, if you remember, like the whole idea was NFL ready, comes from Alabama, like the whole thing. And now year two, when you see Uche blowing up and Uche probably having an obvious role and an impact role, Anthony Jennings is 
nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be heard. Like, I guess the team looks at it as Ronnie Perkins kind of took his spot. Well, that means he isn't good and should be cut. I haven't cut. Okay. I like it. He's also another one, too. Like, because there's no tape on him, like, does he just slide through waivers and the Patriots can bring him back to the practice squad? Or does other teams look at it like, oh, he was an Alabama guy, like, the Patriots draft him, maybe they they pick him up, too. Yeah, I think it was a third-round pick, right? Or fourth? Third. I thought third. Okay. Third-round pick's pretty high a year later to to not get any interest from anybody. Right. You have to think there are teams that say, wait, we had a third-round grade on this guy, or we had a second-round grade on this guy. Why don't, you know, let's see what happened. Why Just because it didn't work in New England doesn't mean it can't work for us, or, you know, Mm -hmm. we're thin at that position. Um, But he's an interesting guy um, to keep an eye on, definitely. Any other um, roster battles names you want to bring up? Um, no, I mean, I people are asking about Nick Folk. I, to me, it, it's Nick Folk. Like, I, well, let's we talked about it earlier. Like, Bill acknowledged like he's been back. He's con- he's consistent. What's your thoughts? Was a good word compared to Quinn Nordine. So, like, right. I I think that once we got Nick Folk back on the field last week, it kind of confirmed that he was going to be the the kicker. Doesn't mean they don't like Quinn Nordine. Like I think they'd like to keep him around, but it's also another situation where teams kind of know this guy got some hype with a big leg. Maybe they try to snipe him off waivers. Yeah, um, my guess is he's here. My guess is he missed enough. My guess is there's enough kickers that no one's going to claim him for waivers. And I mean, the only thing I would say is, and, and I haven't done a rundown on the 31 other kicking jobs if his agent convinces him go to this team's practice squad because their yeah, guy sucks. Right. Yeah. Their guy's going to miss three kicks in the first two games and you'll be on the team by week three or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, more likely than not, I think he ends up on the, the Patriots practice squad. Um, we've kind of touched on most positions. I think the one thing I, I you brought it up, the tackle spot are, are like, are we settled that um, Kajust is the the swing tackle? The third guy at this point has had a nice, jump from getting screamed at in spring to being the third tackle yeah but also in that conversation they've had nobody else like take advantage of increased reps or take advantage of the spot being open like Corey cunningham hasn't done anything like there's been no like other guys besides adjust in the last week or so to make a run at it but like that's that's this thing where like another team could release somebody and the team says oh he's way better than adjust we're gonna sign him and then release johnny adjust you know what i mean or as we've talked about, Michael on when you could be the backup tackle at both spots. And you're talking about, we have better Martin or, or whoever they like somebody inside better. Obviously Ted Karras is first in line, but that they like somebody better inside. Martin's on IR, So you're already running thin there. What's that? Martin's on IR. Oh yeah. Forgot about that. You got James uh, Burns. But whatever. Well, I, he, no, I'm not talking about him. Redmond um, or whoever. Yeah. That, that that's a possibility thanks to on when you playing there last year, his versatility um, or whatever. But I do think the offensive line, we'll see what happens once they, you know, are playing quote unquote every week, significant reps and can they stay healthy? Cause they're probably one of the better units on your team if they're all out there. And they're probably the chance to be an ugly reason why you're not playing well. If one or two guys get hurt. Is there another trade uh, between now and, Tuesday at four o'clock. Yes, there will be another trade. I agree. I think they're going to be multiple trades. The question is, is it a adding or subtracting? 
and is it a ho hum? They trade a seventh for this team's seventh cornerback, and he you he's here for a week, or is it Chase Winovich? Is it Nikhil no, Harry? Whatever, one of some some name or something coming going whatever. That that would be my question. I still think Winovich could be dealt. Oh, I do too. There's, it's so funny because when he's on the field, he kind of produces. Like you kind of see him. Like he had a I don't know if it was a full sack or a half sack last night. He got to the quarterback. We've talked about it. Five and a half sacks each of his first two years. Like it's kind of a weird situation for a guy who has kind of produced, and we all kind of assume he's right on the edge of being pushed out the door. But isn't the same situations with Sony Michelle? Um, yes, except what do we say about Sony Michelle? You need him because you need depth. No, no, no. If he'd been a third round pick, oh. he's fine. Right? Chase yeah. Winovich is. If Chase Winovich were a first-round pick, I'd have no problem with them saying, ah, he's not the every-down player we thought he was. He's not this. He's he's a mid-round pick who's been productive in a role, and you can argue, because of the talent you've added, you can pick your spots with him more and keep him in that role. He should be a guy they like, and yet all we talk about is where is he going to get traded to? Is he out, Is he on the bubble? It's, it's a little just – it's interesting, and I know personality and fit and system and – all of that plays a factor in the discussion, but I just find it interesting. What position or positions will be added to from outside the organization? Wide receiver in this order, wide receiver, cornerback. Nope, not cornerback, wide receiver, offensive line, cornerback. I, I agree. Uh, I we should mention uh, Rashad Perryman was cut by the Lions. Um, so, so it's a name that you know being cut from the maybe the only team in the NFL with worse wide receivers than you. So I don't know what to make of that. Well, and Matt Patricia probably knows who he is. Yeah. Um, did they did they sign did they cross I don't they know. might not have crossed paths. So like they didn't cross paths, I don't think. No. Um but I just like and again Bill won't make a decision based on Dan Campbell and whoever else cut. Mm. But I do think it's interesting that when people look at who might have worse wide receivers than the Patriots, it's the Lions. And, and they, you're going to pick up the guy they cut. Yeah. yeah. You know, what are they going to do? They're going to pick up Gunner after you cut him and you guys can just swap bad bottom of the roster wide receivers or whatever. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, those would be the positions I would say would be prime for um, notice. I, I also said earlier, remember quarterback, you never know. I'm still leaving the door open for Cam Newton, Jimmy Garoppolo trade. You said something smells funny. That would certainly fit in that category. And that would be awesome. Talk about it, it. This got flat at some point. The 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 Cam versus Mac, Mac versus Cam. Talk about injecting life late into the whole quarterback story situation in two different places. Oh, by the way, both places that have talked about rotating quarterbacks, using two quarterback, or I shouldn't say the Patriots have talked about that. It's been talked about, and in San Francisco they've talked about it, and I think even did it. I think they rotated yeah. series for series. Well, even just continue this thought, like Trey Lance and Cam Newton are similar. Yes. Or similar than Mac Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo. So, like. I also don't know if I'm Mac Jones, how do I feel about that? Wait. So I get rid of Cam, but you bring back, supposedly you love this guy that you're bringing back. back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because then, like, what's it's not like Cam, where Cam is like on a short money deal. Like, basically, if you brought back Jimmy, Jimmy's probably your quarterback for two or three years. Maybe, yeah, I, it would be interesting. It's probably not going to happen. So, it's, it's, it'd be it'd be nice if it did. Right. 
Um, okay, so as we wrap this up, we're looking ahead just to give people some uh, opportunity. These were our reactions to the final preseason game, the overall preseason. Tuesday, 4 o'clock, is cutdowns to 53, theoretically. Patriots cutdowns that are supposed to be done at 4 sometimes don't become public until like 9 o'clock at night. Um, but our plan is to do a podcast. If something crazy dramatic happens, Cam's cut, Cam's traded, they trade for a quarterback, they trade Gilmore, uh, something like that, we're going to do probably a reactionary podcast. If not, we're probably going to wait until the roster dust settles a little bit later in the week, Wednesday afternoon, Thursday, you know, get through the IR moves mm -hmm. and the late additions, the waiver wire pickups, the practice squad, things of that nature, right? Yes, that sounds like a good plan because we don't want to do a podcast Tuesday night and then the whole roster changes with guys on IR and all that because then that's kind of useless. Right. Plus, it makes us sound stupid. We'll pretend it matters on Tuesday night and it won't matter 12 hours later. Correct. All right. Uh, so like you said, we'll be back later in the week. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff that will happen before we talk about it then. So stay tuned. Peace out. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus